Hey there, I'm Sanjay. And I'm Adam Walker. And welcome to Tech Talk Y'all. A podcast about whatever's interesting to us. Yeah, we, we keep talking about <laughs> Southern flair. I don't know if we actually have that much I need, flair. I need some pins and stickers. Pieces of flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any announcements today? Announcements? Well, we're recording at Prototype Prime. Yep, love uh, it here. And next week, which will be, I guess, this week when you hear this uh, podcast, right. on Wednesday, we've got food trucks coming out to Prototype Prime. Oh, I love Prime. food trucks. Yeah, some so good ones. We've got the Mac the Cheese truck. I so love that. Mac and cheese. Yes. And we've got a taco truck. And for the first, I think it's 200 people that come, we've got free King of Pops for them. What? Yeah. Uh, but there's a catch. Okay. There's a catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to take a picture with our mascot, who we've now named Proto. Deal. You've got to take a picture with Proto and let uh-huh. us post it on social media. Not to be confused with Frodo. No, not Frodo. He doesn't okay. have a ring. Sure. Uh, Proto. <laughs> and uh, as long as you let us do that, then you get a free King of Pops. We're super nerds. You know that, right? Like, that's just what happened. We just went down the nerdy trail. <laughs> you, you know, there's, right there's a, uh, did you ever watch the show? Have you been watching the show Atlanta? No. By any chance? No. So uh, Donald Glover, who was yep. uh, not know, born yeah. here, but from raised community. here. Yeah. Yeah. From community. Right. Uh, so his family lives in Stone Mountain. This show is I think it's great because they do a lot of random chit chatting like that. Yeah. And there's these jokes that just kind of go by and you've got to really be paying attention. So we're going to do that on this episode. Oh, totally. Sweet. (laughs) Well, speaking of this episode, uh, in this episode, we are going to talk about Soylent. So you can drink. No need to eat ever again if you want to. Is it made of Um, people? (laughs) No. That's super (laughs) scary. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about an Intel security flaw. Amazon is tanking its own investment. New blue is discovered a new shade pigment of blue, actually. Open source on Windows, which is weird. And uh, Lighthouse, which is an interesting video camera. And, of course, our ever-famous app recommendations. Ever-famous. That's how I'm going to claim it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just assume they're famous. I I like it. Why would they not be? Exactly. So, to start with, though, if you're listening to this on on Monday, and hopefully you are, or or, or this new week, uh, I-85 South and is supposed to be open by then. So, I'm pretty excited about that. Watch out. Make sure it doesn't fall on you. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. You know, it's funny. Results, so, so, so many people are worried because they supposedly, you know, got through this too quickly in no, their estimation. And, and this is in the estimation of people that are not engineers, yep. not construction people. Yeah. There's no saying yeah. that it's too quick. And so it can't be safe. Can't and be safe. I don't think things that's that are fast true. can't be safe. That applies to airplanes and uh, <laughs> race cars. I think that's how that works. So, yeah. I mean, in case I, you're wondering, I, I don't get it. Fast you know, things equal not safe. If it had taken longer, then people would have complained because it's yeah. taking too long. Well, it's not safe if it takes too long. It's yeah. got to take just the right amount of time. <laughs> what is the right amount of time for rebuilding build a bridge? A bridge? I'm yeah. not, out of popsicle sticks, I can do it in like 20 minutes. I got to tell you, I think this is going to be the safest section of 85. For sure. It's the it newest. Opens. It's yeah. going to be amazing. And there were so many people <laughs> there watching it and making sure that it was done That's, right. Uh, they Actually, I read an article. They said they had inspectors on site. 24 hours a day. Yep. I think they said it was like 2,500 hours of inspection. Wow. So I think it's the most inspected portion of 85 ever. I I would say if you're worried about safety, don't drive on the rest of 85 or 285 in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Just avoid 285 completely. Everybody (laughs) knows it's not safe. So, all right. So getting into our technologies. So Soylent. I'm not entirely sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Soylent closes. Soylent. 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 Okay, good. It closes. Like the movie Soylent Green. I don't. You don't know the movie? No, I'm not. So that's where the name comes from, Soylent Green. <laughs> okay. And in the movie, that's Soylent creepy. is actually made of people. That's why I made the joke. Oh, see, I was that was why it was super creepy. <laughs> I'm not just okay. I'm not just saying we should be cannibals for no reason. 
It's actually related to a movie, okay. Soil and Green. Okay. Yeah, I th- I'm glad you explained that because I think our listeners might have been scared. So that's uh, that's really good. So Soylent closed 50 million in Series B funding, and so what's interesting about that is that so Soylent, if you're not already familiar with this particular product, is a, is a pretty cool product. It's basically you can well they have a bunch of products, but you can buy a subscription or just individual products that are bottles, and it's basically a meal. In a bottle, so, and it doesn't taste that bad. I've had one. I mean, you drink it, and it's like got all the vitamins and minerals and protein and just everything you need for. It's like a slim fast, but not a slim fast. Like you know, kind of idea. Yeah, idea. And, like, the, and the way the founder, and by the way, there's a local uh, connection to this story too. Yeah. And that the founder is a Georgia Tech or formerly Georgia Tech student, so now alumnus oh, okay, uh, from nice. Georgia Tech. So he started at Y Combinator with something else, and I forgot what the product was, and they pivoted. Really? Into, yeah, they started as some kind of software or something or another. It didn't work. They pivoted into food, into <laughs> Soylent. So this is a Y Combinator from, company. From software into food. That makes perfect sense. And, and what's interesting is, is that the, the way they position this, and I think his name is Rob, the way that he positions this is that there is just food and sustenance for just making it through life. Right. And then there's recreational eating. Yep. That's what he calls it, recreational eating. Yeah. So that's actually like- Eating and chewing food is yep. recreational. Yeah. This is just, you know, to make things happen. Well, I mean, and, and that's the idea behind this is that it's it's nutritional-based eating. And like I was looking at their website, and one thing that was particularly fascinating to me is uh, they've got one a product called Soylent Coffeeist, and uh, they describe it as an on-to-go breakfast you can feel good about. Did we mention it's coffee too? So it's like you're it's like you're drinking your breakfast and coffee simultaneously which I kind of really want to do, but really don't, you know, at the same time, which and, is interesting. And you've had one of these. I have. It was good. Yeah, yeah. it was fine. I mean, and, and it's it's smooth. It's a liquid. It's not chewy. Yeah, or no, it's, it's not chewy. It didn't taste bad. Not yeah. chalky. I mean, it was totally fine. Like I drank it. I enjoyed it. It was, you know. Taste wise was good. Yeah, it tasted fine. So it why, good why have you only had one? Well, you know, honestly, I drank it. A buddy of mine gave it to me. I drank it, completely forgot about it until today, really, when I'm thinking about it now. So it, I'm kind of tempted to check it out, you know, because I mean, because I'm on the go a ton. Yeah. I'm traveling from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And, yeah. you know, I, and I do care about my nutrition. Honestly, you know, some people eat because they just love to eat. I don't really, right. like, I, I eat because I need the fuel. And so if I can get the fuel from this, I mean, why not? You know, yeah. so it's, it's worth checking out. Do you have a favorite restaurant here in Atlanta? Favorite, uh, other than Chick-fil-A, I assume you mean, right? <laughs> Something other than that? It could be that um, if you want it to be that. I don't, I, you know. I'm trying I, to understand I, what your like favorite food I'm a big, is. I, I don't what, have a favorite You don't food. have I a like, favorite I food? I like Farm Burger occasionally for yeah. some good, you know, good I'm burgers. I'm a big pizza guy myself. Yeah? I yeah. love pizza. Is I can there, always eat pizza. Okay. Best pizza place in town is? I love Mellow Mushroom. Oh yeah, man. Mellow Mushroom is legit. It's, oh my gosh. It's towards the top. Listen, and you know, it's not it's white bread, so it doesn't dry you out. So I, I appreciate that. I did not know that. Oh yeah, it's it's a wheat germ bread. So it's not fully wheat, really? but it's not all the way white. And so, uh, you know, it's that spring dough, uh, okay. spring water dough that they've got there. So that's why it doesn't dry you out. Huh. Good to know. All right. Well, on Tech Talk, speak, all you speak. get restaurant uh, <laughs> recommendations get restaurant. too. So we're going to have app recommendations, restaurant recommendations. Who knows what's next? So another interesting article that uh, that I think you brought up. So major Intel security flaws more serious than we first thought. So I think you talk, talked about this before. Yeah. Tell me more about this. So this, so not anything to be nervous about if you're a regular consumer. This really is only hitting kind of corporate enterprise hardware, but it's a big deal because a lot of our data goes through corporate, corporate enterprise, enterprise hardware. Hardware, yeah. And so what this flaw is, is that in these uh, devices, they've got the ability to have remote control happen with these devices so that you can 
which is a good idea, right? So you right. can have one IT person that controls lots and lots yeah, of servers, doesn't have to go to each sure. machine to deal with it. The challenges here is that this flaw, which has apparently been around for seven years. Seven years is what it said, yeah. Yeah. That's not scary. Allows a remote <laughs> attacker to tell the machine to compare zero characters of a password and see if they're the same. And if you're comparing zero characters, they are always the same. And that is the flaw. And so anybody could log into a machine. And this is all in the oh, CPU hardware yeah, level. Yeah, they right? bypass so the, oper- the op system completely. Exactly. So yeah. this can be fixed by the operating system. It right. has to be fixed in hardware and or firmware. So Intel thinks that they can come up with a firmware fix for this. But the problem is, is that you have to take a machine down offline, mm-hmm. update the firmware and fix it. And we know that this never happens to 100% of the machines out there. Right. Like, this is not like a Tesla car where it's connected to the mothership and they can just force the updates to you. Right, yeah. These machines are out there and you can't force these updates because you're going to hit somebody's mission critical services. Right. And so there's going to be machines with this flaw probably lingering forever Ever. almost. Yeah, that's right? kind of creepy. It's a big deal. Yeah, I I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, well, and then, and then that I think it also, at least to me, makes me realize how many potential other security flaws there really are. Right. And I mean, if this has been lot. around for seven years, for seven years, yeah. Somebody probably knew about it. You know, some three letter agency, Man. some foreign government, three letter agencies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're learning a lot today between soil and green and three letter agencies. I learn a lot every time I'm doing this with you. It's great. <laughs> All right. So, so keeping the flow here, speaking of uh, learning a lot, there's a really interesting article uh, in the New York Times. You flagged it, I think, how privacy became a commodity for the rich and powerful. And just to maybe tee this up a little bit, the author of the article goes into how he used Unroll Me. So Unroll Me is uh, Unroll.me, just so you know, is like a service to unsubscribe from newsletters. Right. You give them access and it's a free service. You can access your email. And, there's and, the danger right there. There's free the danger. It's servers. free. And because it's free, obviously they have to monetize. And the way they monetize is they scrape all the data out of your email and figure out all this information about you. And then they sell the data. Of course they do. How can they not? They've yeah. got to make money. And how this came out was Uber was using them for competitive intelligence. Right. And so they were getting the receipts that people were getting from Lyft, right. aggregating them and figuring out how much Lyft was making on a per market by market basis. Right. Which is Super really creepy. quite, it's creepy, but it's from a, a corporate a kind of competitive intelligence brilliant. standpoint, it is brilliant. Oh, brilliant. How else are you going to get that data? But you've got to also think about that. Then there's so many other ways that this could happen, right? Mm-hmm. So many of us use mint.com. Yep. Which is free, by the way. Which is free. Right. It's ad-based. And so there's some monetization, but they could be selling our they, stuff they, easily. They could be aggregating. That's and, right. And uh, if you're looking at people that are trading in stocks and doing corporate, uh, you know, competitive intelligence. Right. This is where you get that kind of data. And what's so interesting about this is he talks about, you know, how, you know, all of these free services, there's a privacy trade-off. And to some degree, we're willing to trade our privacy for a good service, a good feature. And I get that. I mean, I personally am willing to do that from time to time. And I actively do that with some of the apps that I use. Like, for example, uh, the app that I've used recommended on the show, Mile IQ, that tracks where I'm at so I can track my miles and categorize it for taxes and all that stuff. Like, I know I'm giving up privacy and that's cool. What's frustrating is when I don't know that I'm giving up privacy or don't realize it. And I think that's what the outrage was about this unroll.me is people didn't realize they're actually giving up privacy. Right. You know, and What's also interesting about it is 
kind of this whole, uh, you know, juxtaposition, I think at the very end of the article, where it talks about the juxtaposition between, you know, uh, the government saying that, you know, Donald Trump has this level of privacy, and I think it's related to like the White House visitor logs or whatever, but he needs privacy, but somehow it's okay to sell all of our information right. from ISPs. So yeah, so uh, rolling back the net neutrality rules. Yeah. So that means, you know, hey, the rest of us don't matter. Yeah. Only if Only you're rich and powerful, yeah. does it matter? Well, and, and there was, a, so there's another interesting quote in this article too, that said, uh, it, it said, and I quote, in 2013, Facebook revoked users' ability to remain unsearchable on the site. Meanwhile, its chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg, was buying up four houses surrounding his yep. Palo Alto home to preserve his own privacy. Yeah. And so like he's taking away users' privacy in fencing himself in yeah. physically. Yeah. So physical privacy is different apparently than digital privacy. In their perspective. In their perspective. But it's not. And what's, it's and not. what's so crazy about it is that these aggregator, these people, they have so much more information on us than we would ever want to anyone to have on us. In a lot of ways, sometimes they have information on us that we don't even realize about ourselves. That's right. Because they're making inferences about you and about things about you. That's right. That probably not even aware you, of. That you're sub, well, and so I, so interestingly, I listened to a podcast episode, a uh, Freakonomics radio podcast episode the other day, and uh, they had they interviewed somebody that had done PhD doctorate research on Google searches and what the like what Google searches tell about you and how understanding Google searches and what when it spike when certain right. searches spike and they don't tell you really what people are really thinking right because because surveys people lie on surveys yeah they don't lie on Google searches yep. right and so your search history aggregated tells much more about you at, at a conscious and subconscious level than any survey or personality trait or anything you would ever fill out I got uh, one site for you right then. DuckDuckGo. That's right. I know you use DuckDuckGo. I'm a big fan That's of DuckDuckGo. Right. Yeah. They don't track you. It's a pro-privacy search engine. Yep. I use DuckDuckGo exclusively. Do you find what you need on it? That's yeah, what I, I do, yeah. actually. Okay. Okay. And That's uh, fair. if I don't, there is an option on there and it'll push you to Google or one of the other search engines, however you set it up. Does it have like a line that says push to Google where you can be tracked? Is that like... Is that what <laughs> it doesn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you can give it a... Uh, exclamation point and a G and it'll automatically just push you over to Google. Okay. So gotcha. There Interesting. Go. Interesting. So, uh, so I do to close this out, I, I would like to read just one excerpt of this article that I thought was fascinating. So he says, and I quote at the end, we've arrived at a place where public institutions and figures can be precious about their privacy in ways we're continually deciding individual people can't. Stepping into the White House is now considered more private than that weird rash you Googled. It's a cynical inversion of the old association between private life and the lower class. These days, only the powerful can demand privacy. I, boom. Yeah, I think that's scary. I think it's scary for us. <laughs> just, I just uh, got to boom. For <laughs> us as a country, for us as people, uh-huh. for us as a democracy. Yeah. Because, you know, that that is one thing that I worry about is that 10, 20, 30 years from now, who is going to be able to run for public office that doesn't and not have, have backload of stuff, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. are, is it going to be like the Amish? They're the only ones that can run for office or the, uh, or the developers that are super scared to be on the internet other than like on like only on super safe stuff, you know? Well, not just so. the developers, but may, as long as their parents were super safe, <laughs> that's right? right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, cause it starts at a young age. That's right. Uh, that's true too. And so you've got to have parents that don't want to have anything online yeah. and then the kid, same thing. Yeah. And then they run for office and that's the only people. It's crazy, man. That will not have dirt digged up, dug up on them. Well, speaking of dirt, tell me about this uh, this Amazon deal. You want to kick this off here? Yeah. So Amazon has uh, launched a new product. 
the Echo, uh, is it the Echo the, Look? Uh, yeah, it sounds right. Echo Look. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Looks interesting. Echo Show. The Echo Show. E- echo Show. So yeah. they also have an Echo Look, which is the camera. It's like that, a style advice. Yeah, it t- tells you if you're. <laughs> I don't need I don't need a computer to tell me if I'm matching, man. I don't, just don't care that much. You've got and a that's wife. That's what my wife does. Yeah. She's like, you look like an idiot. Go back in the house. I'm like, I'm, I don't care that I look like an idiot. Let's go. Let's I've got a daughter. <laughs> I've got a daughter for that. You could just ask her and she's like, mm, no, that doesn't look good. You need to do her something else. Do they still have so, sizzlers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right. I think that goes back to your restaurant <laughs> recommendations right there. <laughs> Man, we're, really, we're really on it today. This is on point. So the Echo Show is yeah. basically an Echo device, uh, which we've seen those little pucks yep. and things like that. Right. But with a screen. Right. Now, where things get interesting is that they invested uh, some time ago in a company called Nucleus. Yep. That was essentially building this exact same well, thing. And on Alexa. On Alexa. So using, using Alexa, it's a screen. It's Alexa enabled. It's literally the same thing. So if I'm projecting a little bit, I don't know the founders at Nucleus, but I'm projecting a little bit. From their perspective, it was probably like, oh, awesome. We've got an investment from Amazon. Like we're set, we're golden. We're going to build on Alexa. We're going to be the product going forward. And then a year and change later, Amazon rolls out its own product. So I think the thing, like, look, Amazon uh, and full disclosure, I'm an Amazon shareholder too, but- Amazon is going to do what they're going to do. Oh, they're going to do anything anything that's best for Amazon. Exactly. That's and, all that matters. And you got to realize that the investment side of the house is separate than the development side or the product side of the house. Also true. And so just because you get an investment from them does not shield you from the competitive issues that could arise from this. Yep. And you, as an entrepreneur, need to make sure you think about these things and make sure that you know your legs don't get cut out from under you. Yep. And also realize that, you know, your intellectual property may be out in the open. Maybe not. I'm sure they're, uh, yep. you know, ethical folks over at Amazon. And I'm sure they haven't shared anything over to the product side of it. But you never know. I mean, yep. you know, a product person happens to wander by the venture side and see something. Yeah. And doesn't realize it. And then that sparks something later on. I mean, it can happen. Well, and you got to also realize, too, that, I mean, Amazon is going to be who Amazon is. I mean, Amazon is notorious for being Amazon focused and basically for bulldozing its way through any obstacle, no matter what. Yeah. And that's great for us as consumers. Yep. It's, I, I would never want to work there. It's arguably a terrible place to work from all the reading that I've done. And, and but people want to, if they want jobs there, so be it. I guess yeah. they're getting paid yeah. well. And that's fine. I would never want to do that. You can't are, pay are, me enough. Are you an Amazon Prime? Oh, yeah. I love Amazon. Same I mean, here. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very loyal and excited even customer. Yep, uh, yep, yep. I just don't ever want to be on their team. I, I, want, <laughs> I want their team playing for me, but I don't, you know, as a right. customer, I don't want to be on their team. Well, I, I will tell you. So we, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. So we went up to Chattanooga where they have one of the warehouses and twice a month, they do free warehouse tours. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So there's a, web, there's a website called, it's like Amazon Warehouse Tour or something like that. Really? AmazonWarehouseTour.com. And so it's, it's a random, I think it's like a Tuesday. And everything happened to line up. We were on vacation uh-huh. and we were driving that way. And I said, hey, and I signed up for it. You got to sign up months in advance. Oh, I'm sure. This thing fills up and you go. And so we did the tour and we toured the warehouse and it's, it's about an hour long tour. And we got free, head, free headphones out of it. Wow. <laughs> they do this little thing because it's loud there and they give you a little receiver and then headphones. And they're obviously Amazon basic headphones. Of course, yeah. Um, and so you can listen to the person leading the tour throughout yeah. uh, through this little uh, system. Nice. It was fascinating. Uh, the kids had a great time. I had a great time. Wife had a great time. It was interesting to see kind of just the 
way they orchestrate all of this stuff yeah. and the shelves of stuff everywhere. It's unreal, man. Things are not organized. Oh, so yeah, I know. All, all the uh, products are just randomly placed yeah. throughout the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And they've got this the system, system that just manages crazy. all that. It's so crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. But I will say, everybody that we interacted there was happy to be an Amazon employee. So hey, listen, like they I said, must treat their people well, reasonably treat, well, yeah, benefits and all that stuff. So I, I assume so. I just, I don't want to work the hours. I just know the hours I, are crazy. I don't want to work the hours. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I'll I, stay, I'll tuck my kids in. A fixed, it's, it's uh, a fixed schedule for me doesn't work. I like to do what I like to do. There's that. So one thing I want to make sure we talk about before we leave this particular topic. So the Amazon show, the Echo show, this is, I mean, it's a fascinating device. And like, I was actually Are you going to get one? Well, so here's what I was looking at. So, so my team, I, I run a company called Sideways Aid and we're, we're a digital marketing agency and we're completely remote, right? And so I've got team members and now we're all pretty much in Metro Atlanta, a couple of team members in, in other states, but ultimately all in Metro Atlanta. But, you know, there's no office. So you can't just pop into somebody's cubicle or desk or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. But, so what's tempting to me is, I mean, at the $220 price point, I mean, what would it look like to just buy everybody one of these? And then just, you know, when I want to talk to one of them, just go, Hey, call Aaron. And then it just calls Aaron and we're just video chatting there and it doesn't take up my computer at all. And it's got this kind of pop-in feature too, where if you have it turned on, you can basically auto enable video chat to the other user. And it just like comes on, like, you know, they don't really have to even answer. Oh, wow. Which is, a little creepy, but kind of cool for the situation that I'm talking about in particular, you right. know, in terms of like talking personal office to personal office, right? Yeah. It could be super dangerous in other spots, right? But, you know, <laughs> but I, it's just, it's a fascinating <laughs> Don't device, take it into the know. bathroom with you. To- That's all I'm trying to say, you know, or, you know, so, but I mean, it's the implications of this type of device are very interesting. It's kind of like a, it's kind of tablet-ish. It's kind of, you know, video phone-ish. It's, it's Alexa. It's kind of all these things yeah. wrapped up, you know? I worry about these cameras everywhere. Uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> we'll talk about that somewhere in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about your laptop there, but I've got these EFF stickers that cover up. I just hold my thumb over it all the, the, the whole time, man. <laughs> the whole time? The cam- yeah. It's, it makes typing kind of awkward, but I just figure <laughs> I'd rather type slow and not be seen. So I- <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I've got the little EFF stickers covering up right. the, uh, the cameras. I, I you worry don't want about- to hack your computer and yeah, I mean, we've we've seen this with the baby cams and things like that. Oh, yeah. And I wonder about having something like this that can be turned on remotely. That's, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's the always that. that like, what, what if this thing gets subpoenaed and then, you know, it's somebody is in your office. looking yeah. into your office, your home. To. Listen, but auto listening, listening to. Listening yeah. yeah. and listening. Yeah. It's, I don't know. We're going to talk more about videos in a minute. So let me, let's come back to that topic. I want to make sure we talk about your open source on Windows. So Yeah, so this is fascinating. So uh, Microsoft has opened up the ability to run Bash shell on Windows and uh, in multiple variants of Linux as well. And I think the most important thing here- colliding. Yeah, exactly. And and years ago, they were anti-open source, anti-Linux, anti-everything that was not Microsoft Windows, everything. And I think we've seen this change over the last few years with- the changing of leadership at Microsoft. Right. And I think this bodes really well. I, I, you know, I wonder if one day we're going to see Microsoft Office running on Linux. I would personally has to. love that. There's, it has to get there. Yeah. Because I, I, I run LibreOffice because I run Linux on the desktop and right. on the laptop. Right. And uh, it's good. It's not exactly the same. Doesn't quite have the amount yeah. of development put into it. Yeah. The, the other thing, yeah. honestly, I would love to see too for Linux is Adobe Creative Suite. Oh, yeah. Um, that mm-hmm. is not available for anything other than Windows and Mac. Right. It would be great if it was available for Linux as well. A uh, question about LibreOffice. 
does it still have Clippy? Because that's, that's what I need. It doesn't have Clippy. Uh, here. See that, and that's why I need Microsoft Office on Linux. Man, if it doesn't have Clippy, I just don't, I don't I need, know if it's working, I need man. Clippy to pop up and help me yeah, sometimes. And ask you if you're creating a resume. Yeah. That's, that's super likely. Every time yeah. I open a document, I'd like it to ask me if I'm if doing a resume. If you're creating a resume. Because that's usually top of mind for me. I actually haven't done one in years. Clippy, I hate decades. you. I don't know if anybody listening remembers Clippy, but that was good stuff back then. So I think, uh, yeah, this is like the throwback episode between Soylent Green. Oh, it's about to get real, man. Uh, and Clippy. <laughs> all right, all right. So, are, all right. are you feeling blue? I'm feeling no. I'm not feeling blue, but I like the blue that I'm seeing on the screen. I, same here. Uh, it's it's really and did so. Did you so this this article is amazing. Scientists discovered a new blue, a new blue, a new shade of blue, and this is the first. New blue discovered in 200 years. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a bone to pick, I think, with this article. It's not really a new blue. It's not like a blue that our eyeballs haven't been able to see before. Right. It's It's just a a new pigment. It's a new pigment. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been able to- Digitally before. Exactly. They haven't been able to create this color as a pigment- Yeah, physically. To be able to do paints and and things like that. Right. So- it's a little bit misleading, like it's a new blue. So we've never seen it before, but it is cool. I didn't know you could discover a color. Like it didn't even <laughs> occur to me that you like when I think about things you can discover. Right. And and not only that, but I yeah, think Yeah, and this one's patented, yeah, right? Yeah, so he patented it. I didn't know you could patent a color. Yeah. Like I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's a process to create a pigment so then you can use it right. in the physical world. But like he patented the color. Right. Well, I don't know if you remember, but years ago, is it Corning that has the pink insulation for homes? I have no idea. I think it's Corning. Yeah. Whatever the Pink Panther company is. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Dow, Corning, yeah. whoever it is. Right. They patented pink with insulation. So if it's insulation and it's pink, it's theirs. That's super smart. Right. Because then you know. So then that makes everybody else have to do something other than pink. For their insulation. I need some blue insulation real bad. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm well, needing. Well, now you can have they blue can insulation. Take this pigment and make me some blue insulation. Boom. I would pay extra. I would for not. Blue. For blue insulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. So um, it's it's fascinating. So I think from this discovery, they've created some other colors too, using the same method. Same technology. Yes. Yeah, some same, new oranges, I think exactly. you said. And Orange, using yellow. different minerals or something. Maybe zinc in there. I don't know. I digress. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. We're not chemists. So I am, uh, I'm super over my head here. Yeah. So. But it's cool. So yeah. there's going to be a new Crayola color okay. because of this pigment, okay. which apparently uh, blue is their most popular color. And so Crayola is super excited about this. And yeah. I think they're, I mean, doing, well, a they're naming, doing a naming contest, right? Because yeah. the name is some, it's basically it's, based on the chemical names. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, not good. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Yeah. And it's the guy, uh, his last name is, his first name's Moss. M-A-S? Yes, they're calling uh, Moss Blue. Yeah, he wants to call it Moss Blue, but it's, uh, that I'm might down not with happen. That. <laughs> I, I mean, he discovered it. You know, he that, had, that's true. When you the color, when you discover a new species of insect or, or animal, or whatever, you get to name it. Yeah, I think it's not a color. It. Moss Blue. Yeah, as long as you don't try to name it something obscene, that'd be awkward. Anyway, yeah. so okay, so now <laughs> shifting gears back, we, maybe we should have done this a minute ago, but I, I wanted <laughs> to talk about this new product called Lighthouse, which is a camera. That sits on your shelf. Creepy. And well, see, it's getting creepier. And basically it can, at least at this point, it can determine sort of what's happening in your house. And so it can differentiate between an adult and a child. And you could say, uh, do like a search on it. That's like, hey, you know, show me uh, an adult that was in my house between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. And it'll, it'll pull up the video footage and let you know if the specific footage of adult in your house during that time period. 
So, okay. All kinds of questions here. How does it know this? Is it processing on the device or somewhere in the cloud? Well, I don't know. It's processing the video. It's, it's, it's got to be on in the cloud. There's no way it's going to process on the device. So that means that. video from your home, everything you do and say. To the cloud. Is going to and the being cloud processed. where you can't control it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Yeah. And so what, what was interesting to me too especially because it's a $400 device. And so I, I've often looked at the device Canary. So Canary is a similar device, but it kind of bills itself as video. And it's kind of like this all-in-one alarm system sort of deal. So it's a deal, right. same deal. It's a camera. You put it on your bookcase, Yep. but it can tell when you're away, it can tell when a door opens and it'll, it'll like, basically if, if it knows you're out of the house yeah. and then it sees someone in your house, it'll send you an alert that says, Hey, somebody's in your house. Do you want to see the video? And you can pull it up and see if it's a burglar or not. Uh, that's interesting. And you can set off a siren and from the app auto call the police. And so, but so basically Canary's doing almost exactly the same thing as lighthouse, but right. Canary's only go, I think the price point for Canary is like 169. So it's significantly cheaper. Canary's been around since 2014, right? And they've got uh, actually a whole suite of products now that all work together. So I guess it, it's fascinating to me because I don't get it. I don't get why you would even come out with a, a competitor unless it's going to be cheaper, better somehow, and it doesn't appear to be. And then you told me about this other one, Cocoon. Yeah, right. Yeah, so Cocoon's based out of England, and the only reason I know of it is because my doppelganger is one of the co-founders. Nice. There's a guy by the name of Sanjay Parik. That is one of the co-founders, and it's funny. We've kind of run into each other through Twitter, and uh, we actually had a Skype call, and uh, nice. we, we, we chit-chatted about startup-type stuff. Awesome. Uh, and so they do something that's a little bit different. You were looking at it. It's subsonic Subsound. Sound. It says predicted something? by subsound. I don't really understand what that means. Neither do I. Um, so that clearly means my doppelganger is way smarter oh, than it me. Is. It says Cocoon's unique subsound technology protects your whole home by picking up low-level sound waves too quiet for humans to hear and notifying you if anything unusual happens. So it's basically a listening device. Right. So, I mean, again, but again, this is, so it's this and it's idea probably processing somewhere else for sure. So for again, sure. creepy. So Sorry, it's this, Sanjay. I, it's this, it's this idea of, you know, do you want video monitoring inside your house from a security standpoint? Do you want audio monitoring? What degree of privacy are we willing to give up to have that degree of security? Cause you're, you're yep. trading, you're trading privacy for security. You're trading the potential that somebody can hack into that. And, it, and speaking of hacking into, into it, didn't you tell me about a website that auto hacks into webcams all over the world and shows them on this website. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, you can find them through like Shodan, but yeah. which is a search engine, but uh, somebody's got a Super site. Crazy. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, you know, to that point, like you give up one thing, you give up privacy, you gain security, you gain, and you also gain communication ability. Like on Canary in particular, I know that for example, if I had it, I could have it pointed at my living room and it's got a speaker. So I could, talking to people in the room if I wanted to. So there's all kinds of interesting implications of this. Yeah, uh, I was just looking up and I was pretty sure this is true. There's a, a Benjamin Franklin quote that basically paraphrased saying that those who sell privacy for the sake of security deserve neither. It's not mm. exactly that. It's, it's related yeah. to virtue and power and all this stuff. But And so that's that's kind of the concern here, right? Is that- yeah. sure. You know, you've, I think you need to be aware of the, the choices that you're making. I, I don't know that we're saying that either choice is right or wrong. They're I think just, you've just got to trade. understand the choice. And, yep. and going back to the other story that we were talking about, where rich and powerful have privacy and the rest of us don't, you know, this is the trade-off that you're making. And, yep. and you're deciding if you're going to give up your privacy to folks that you don't know what they're going to do with this stuff. Right. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, where, right. where people have a lot of information and they abuse it. Yep. And it's not all of them. And most of them have the best intentions, but all it takes is one or two people 
to abuse that information to really create havoc in your life. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's fascinating, and uh, I still have not bought a camera yet uh, as of yet. So we'll uh, I'll continue to noodle on that. So it's time uh, for the the part of the show about our app recommendations. So the world uh, famous app recommendations. The world apparently. famous app recommendations. So what do you have for me? So I have got for you uh, something that it sounds like you're going to make fun of me for. It I is, already committed to it. I know. We're on that track. It's called Rain Machine. So okay. I was I was getting a sprinkler system put into the house. Right. First time ever. And I thought, okay, let me do a little research. And so I started looking at them. And now all of these systems are internet enabled. And they're internet enabled because they get data from the weather agencies okay. to be able to understand when they should and should not be watering. Okay. Now, the reason I went with this one, Rain Machine is because the developer specifically has said that, first of all, it's open source Mm -hmm. and said that if the company goes under, your device doesn't get bricked. Nice. Right? So a lot of these other ones rely on servers at the company headquarters. So if the companies go under- You're done. Yeah. You got to go buy a new controller at that Mm. point. And I I didn't like that. So I went with this one and uh, there's an app on the phone. And actually from the app on the phone, you can turn on watering of the earth. So like from here, That's amazing. where I am right now, I could turn on the sprinkler system. Your although nerd I'm not, level just like, it just went up another I, notch. I know, man. I know. Although I, know. I, I won't do it right now because we're under watering restrictions. Okay, and actually yeah, you can program in watering restrictions into this thing too. Oh, nice. So it'll manage all of that stuff. And it'll tell you how much water it saved you by not watering because it knew it was going to rain or whatever. Yeah. Now I have one question. So it's got an app on your phone. Yep. You can auto enable it, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I want to know. Yep. You have a GPS device in your phone. Yep. You have an app in the GPS device. What I want is you've got the sprinklers. Imagine you've got the sprinklers on. Right. And you want to walk through the middle of your yard. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know that it's going to part the waters for you. That's what I want to know. I want a sprinkler app that parts the waters. Yeah. This one doesn't do that yet. Then it's not smart enough. Yeah. And, and, And I don't know if my yard is big enough that it actually makes sense to part the waters. You must live on like some farm listen, or something. Listen, I mean, you never know. I don't advertise where I live. You've got this I'm mansion, a secret dark web plantation <laughs> that you walk up and you need the thing to yeah. stop watering. I don't so even, you can I don't even have sprinklers, actually. So, <laughs> so we're all good to go. <laughs> you have dead grass. I'm dead grass. Yeah. And weeds is what yeah, I've got. I've got weeds. That's mostly what I've had up yeah, until recently. That's right. All right. So, my app recommendation. So, uh, to give a little bit of background on my app recommendation, I came to this realization. I don't know, maybe a week or two ago that I am underutilizing the best computer I have available, which is my brain. And I have increasingly relied on devices for remembering absolutely everything. And so like, Right. Like, for example, I couldn't tell you my driver's license number, or I couldn't tell you, like, why would you basic, need to know that? I, but, you know, when you're filling out a form or whatever, like, it's cool to be able to just pull it. I mean, why not? You know? Okay. So, uh, you know, your social so, security number, right? Of course I know that. Well, yeah, what is it again? I'm not going to tell you that on this show, but thank you for asking. Um, so you said again, like I told you before. Hey, do you write that down for me again? Why well, write it right down all your bank account information, too? Um, so I've started using Anki, uh, A N K I, flashcards, which is a super terrible design, but they have this algorithm algorithm to help you remember stuff. So it kind of flags the stuff it thinks you're going to forget and brings it back into the flashcard system okay. to help refresh your memory. And so what I'm going to try to do 
is just do 10 minutes or five minutes of flashcards once a day right. and try to build things that I need to remember. So you can like drop faces in there for remembering people's names. Okay. You can drop phone numbers in there. I'm, like, I'm horrible, by the way, with names. You know, so I'm horrible with names too. Yeah. But, but what I realized is I shouldn't be horrible with names because there are ways and tools I can use to train my memory to be perfect with names. Right. But I'm not taking the time to do it. I mean, right. so really... What I'm really doing is it's not that I have a bad memory. It's that I just don't care. Like right. I don't care enough to fix the problem. And not that I'm saying that you don't care, but you don't care. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's all this cool stuff that you can do with your brain to remember this stuff. And so I'm, I'm getting into that. So, uh, so Anki, uh, A-N-K-I, I think they have a free app on every single possible device except on the iPhone where it costs $25 that I haven't paid for yet. So I don't, I don't get that. It's free on Android. It's free on your Mac. It's free on your Windows machine. But it's $25 on because, iOS. Because they know you high rollers with Apple devices are... You just lay down the cash all the time. Just call me a high roller. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Well, you live on a plantation <laughs> and you need the sprinklers to stop so you can get to the front door. Well, I mean, you know, there is. There is high roller that. is probably an understatement, I say. All right, it's time to go get in my Civic and drive home. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of our show. That is the um, end of the show. You can find me on Twitter at at AJ Walker. You can also find me at AdamJWalker.com where I am actually blogging about memory and productivity and leadership and habit building and all kinds of interesting things. And where can we find you? And you can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, S-A-N-J-A-Y. And I have a blog. I am trying to work He's on a working blog on post. A post just for me, just for you. Uh, we talked about this. I'm gonna. I'm working on a post to uh, help entrepreneurs know and understand the right form of incorporation that That's they right. should do and for their companies. It's gonna be amazing. I don't know if it'll be amazing, but be amazing. It, it, it'll be a post. If, and then remember too, in a couple of weeks, we are on Tech Edge. Yeah. Did we say that on the show yet? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. But we're going to be on Atlanta Tech Edge. We're going to be later. on Atlanta Tech Edge on what day was that? 28th, May 28th, I think. You said 28th. May, May 28th? Yeah. Okay. So whatever that Sunday is, uh, like right before our next episode after this, we're going to be on. So It's uh, going to be great. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, if you like the show, we'd like to invite you to share it with friends. We'd like to invite you to uh, consider giving us a rating or in some other way, tweeting at us and supporting the show. If you have some other or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, yeah, just just connect with us. We'd really enjoy it. So that's our show for today. Okay, thanks, thanks y'all. Listening.